0: Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain.
1: What's up, Cougar Nation? Lauren McClain here with Cleon Wall, and we're doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. Here's what's coming up on the show today. We've recently seen the return of coaches Kelly Papinga on the football staff and John Wardenburg on the women's basketball team. So we're going to pick a few former coaches or athletes we'd like to see return to the fold to coach one day. Plus, how well do we know our BYU sports history? Cleon and I will be quizzed on how deep our knowledge truly goes. But first, the Big 12 might be a bumpy road for football and basketball at the beginning. We're going to discuss how high to set fan expectations year one as part of the Power Fives. Cleon. You're a big fan. I'm a big fan. What's your (laughs) anticipation? That's a good word. What's your anticipation level at awaiting September 23rd BYU's game against Kansas, their very first conference opponent?
2: I, I, I'm kind of at a six right now, Lauren. Okay. I mean, I, I I am looking forward to the season starting because BYU's finally in a Power Five conference. They're finally going to be playing in the Big Twelve. On the other hand, after doing this for so many years, I enjoy my off season. <laughs> and I, I want to continue to enjoy my off season. Uh, so I, I'm, that's why I'm only at about a six right now. I, I will also admit, Lauren, I think that I would be a little more hyped for this game if it were Texas yeah. or Oklahoma or uh, you know I could even say you know Oklahoma State or TCU, and that's not a slam on Kansas, but because they had a good football team last year, but I, it, it just is kind of, you know, my expectations are a little tempered, mm. I, I guess, more than I, I think. I'm, I think I'd be more excited. I think I'm more excited for the Cincinnati game uh, the following week because it's a home game. Okay. So I, 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 I'm excited, but I'm like tempering my expectations. It, once I get to August, it'll probably be like an eight. Yeah. The,
1: you know, yes. then I'll be like, yeah,
2: bring Kansas on.
1: Cleon, you can still enjoy your off season and anticipate football. You know what I mean? You could still be really excited <laughs> and have a great offseason. Right now, I'm at a level True. seven. And that level, like you said, will probably increase slowly as the days get closer. I think seven's pretty high for June. But uh, that's truthfully where I am. I'm not thinking about it every single day. But when I hear news of BYU football or any college football news, I get little butterflies in my stomach. Call it indigestion. <laughs> call it what you will. My, hus- <laughs> my husband actually makes fun of me. He's like, are you seriously... Do you really get that excited? I'm like, yes, I genuinely do. I'm a, such a huge fan. I love it, and uh, I feel like we've had very few really disappointing seasons. You know, for BYU football, we've we've generally generally been able to enjoy BYU football. Will that be the case this year? BYU joining the Big Twelve might be a massive wake up call for Cougar fans. We fans have become accustomed to eight to ten wins. So the question is, do we think we will continue that standard in football? And do we think BYU basketball, for that matter, will stay at the level they were in the WCC? What would we deem a successful season for BYU football and basketball? Cleon, what you got?
2: Well, first of all, I'm going to say I'm going to try and act like a relationship expert in this segment. You know, it's kind of like this. You know, when you're dating and you're just like, oh, what did this mean? Or what did this mean? And you kind of overanalyze situations. You know what? I'm here. I'm here as a BYU football and basketball relationship expert Cle- tonight, Cleon, okay? both
1: of us got married in our 30s at BYU. <laughs> Would anyone deem us relationship experts? Maybe Lauren, we are. Lauren, Maybe we are because Lauren, of that. I Lauren, don't know. Lauren,
2: Lauren, Lauren, I have learned so much, <laughs> and I've come to know who I am <laughs> In this whole entire process, especially not only relationships with <laughs> other people, but relationships with the BYU Cougars. So I, I want to have some proper expectations okay. with this relationship between BYU fans and the Cougars in their first year in the Big 12. So you asked me, w- w- what do I expect? Well, the success, w- we said, what do we? W- what would be a successful season? Is that what you said? Yes, Is that uh-huh. right? Okay. okay. So for me... I'm going to define what success is to me, okay? And I want everyone to enjoy this out here. I'm starting to sound like a self-help guru. Sorry about that. (laughs) Anyway. Or that you're about to break into
1: song. Keep going.
2: Yeah. (laughs) The definition for me is, at the end of the season, I liked what I saw. It gives me hope for the following season. I think those are the two criteria that I have. I, I enjoyed what I saw. That doesn't mean I'm going to, that, that BYU is going to win every game or win nine games or 10 games, but it could mean that I'm just like, yeah, I actually saw some really good things out of this team. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, it gives me hope for the next season. So I know BYU season won't be perfect, but BYU will get the most, I think they're going to get the most out of their talent and do some good things. So for football, I think a successful season would be seven total wins and four to five wins in conference, somewhere right around there. I think that's a a successful season. And then in basketball, I'd say if they can get around 18 wins, maybe 19 wins, that may Mm. be really tough, by the way. yes, We may be thinking more like 16 wins, but if they could somehow get 18 total wins and some good wins in conference... You know, I think that would be a successful season too. And the one thing about basketball this season, there won't be a bad loss. We're not going to have, <laughs> we're not going to have your Portlands in there somewhere. So, Cougar fans are not going to have to worry about that. Every game is going to be. I don't want to say epic, but it's going to be really hard and it's going to be really fun to see what what they're able to do. Okay,
1: knowing BYU fans, though, we're going to play Kansas in basketball and they're going to be like, how did we lose that? Why did we lose? Because that's just what we do as fans. Success for me, Cleon, would mean winning the games BYU is favored in, which are only like one or two, depending on where you look, by the way, plus a couple of big upsets where the Cougars pull out the win. So for football, out of the nine conference games, I'm going to consider five wins – a huge success for BYU football. Basketball is a totally different story. We've pounded the fact that the Big 12 is probably the best basketball conference in the country, and BYU just wasn't at the level that level of the Big 12 this past season. In fact, they weren't even close. So for basketball, I'm going to say if they win a quarter of the conference games, uh, I would consider that a success in year one. Just a quarter.
2: A quarter of the conference games would be... Between four and five, because they play eighteen conference games. Is that right? <sighs> Did I get that math right? Somewhere right around there, yeah, around and four that's or so- five victories. That
1: sounds horrible when you actually you say the actual number, because like, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope Coach Pope isn't listening. If you win four games, that's going to be a big success. <laughs> but it's kind of true. It's just the crazy conference, and and they're they're building. They 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 truly truly are. So another question is, where should expectations be for this season? I I think we can have tempered but above average expectations for football. We wouldn't be fans if we didn't always hope they were going to do better than we actually think. BYU football has some unknowns, maybe a lot of unknowns, especially on the defensive side, and they'll be greatly tested with a pass-heavy conference. So we'll see. For basketball, I say keep your expectations low. Let's be pleasantly surprised if they don't get trampled over Game after game after game this upcoming season, it sounds depressing, but it is going to be really tough. And I hope I'm wrong, Cleon. I truly, truly do. But I think especially for basketball, you got to keep your expectations low. Just go to the games and have a good time. See Kansas come in the Marriott Center. I, I think even just just having a great fan experience and maybe don't expect a win.
2: Lauren, it, we should always have low expectations <laughs> with everything because that makes <laughs> wow. that makes life better. So with football, ah. I would say lower your expectations a bit. You know what? You're going to lose some games. You might you might lose to Kansas in, in the in the season in the conference opener. You might lose to Kansas, but that's okay. You know what? It's just the start. We've only just begun. You know, that's what the Carpenters said a long time We've only ago. Just uh, begun. Exactly. See, I, I, I'm almost like a relationship expert anyway. So, um, but I would say, don't be gloomy. The sky is not falling. If BYU starts racking up losses, this is season number one, they have talent in football and basketball, but that doesn't mean it will translate to automatic wins you know, BYU might need some luck to get a few of those games. And on the other hand, if you're the other type of fan, don't be over the top. It would be a miracle if BYU won the conference or was in the top third of the conference when it comes to football. In fact, Lauren, they may start the football season 5-0. Oh. I know that 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 may be shocking, but in in the realm of possibilities, that is a possibility. They could start the season 5-0. and oh, And BYU fans should get excited. But don't be surprised if they then go three and four or two mm-hmm. and five the rest mm-hmm. of the way. The back half of the football schedule is way tougher than the front half. This is like just the opposite of the independence area. It's going to get tougher as BYU goes along. So I just say maybe lower your expectations. Think to yourself, you know what? Five wins total, six wins total in football. That's going to be great. Maybe we only win 12 games. We're just grateful to be in a conference. And then maybe on the back end, when they win more games than you're expecting, that's when you're like, oh, wow, great. I'm so happy for this team.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, we talked about what would be a successful season. What would be a disappointing season? I... I think it would be disappointing to me if BYU got their behinds kicked in all of the games, they were underdogs. I think they're good enough to beat a couple of teams in conference, but BYU football is known for being a gritty team who rarely gets blown out. So let's keep it that way. That's, that's what I think. If, if, uh, I don't know. I, I want them to have just some, some really great upsets. I think it'd be a disappointing season if those are the only games they won, the ones that they were supposed to win. What do
2: you think? Okay. I, I will say, no. I think that's good. I think it's good. I, you want, I mean, if you, if you look back to when Kalani was on Kyle Whittingham's staff, it felt like Utah was always in games and that was because they had a good solid offense and a really good defense. And I think that's what you expect. And so I think that's what we're trying to accomplish at BYU too. I'm not saying it's trying to be a carbon copy, but something that's kind of close to that. So I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think they just want to be in games and then hopefully near the end, you're like, okay, let's see what happens near the end of the game and see it, it kind of like the Boise state game. Yeah. No, they didn't have the defense, but they stayed in that game the whole entire time and they come up with a win at the end. For me, I think it would be disappointing if BYU finishes with only two or three wins in football, four would even be kind of disappointing. I think if you're in the five range, you can kind of accept that and be okay. Let's just see where we can go in year number two. If they can't win a game in conference or if they only get one conference victory, then I would also consider that disappointing. So I think you kind of want to see that at least three wins to kind of feel pretty good um, going into uh, subsequent seasons uh, in the Big 12.
1: I think most of us fans would be disappointed if BYU was not bowl eligible. This next season, I feel like that's just kind of the standard. And even going into the Big Twelve, BYU has played enough Power Five teams during independence that we know it's possible. They they're talented. They could do it. They're like I said, they're a gritty team. So I think if you're not bowl eligible, whether you have those expectations, whether you have lower expectations or not, you're I think you're going to be disappointed. BYU, cool. uh, yeah, I, go ahead.
2: I under, real quickly, I, I I totally understand that, but I think you have to. If we're gonna talk about expectations, I'm just going to say, I'm not trying to say lower them, but you have to be realistic about all of this, Lauren. And you have to realize, you know what? BYU at the end of seasons gone by, they would be injured and they would be struggling and maybe that's going to change with the new strength and conditioning staff. We'll have to wait and see, but I think the one thing you have to keep in mind is they could get beat up early and then the schedule is going to get tougher. So I think that's what you're kind of, I think that's what will kind of determine whether or not they get bowl eligible as kind of health and if they can kind of keep go- momentum going if they start off well.
1: Absolutely and, and ready or not, BYU is now part of an elite group of power five conferences, including the SEC, ACC, Pac-12, and Big Ten. Let's do a little comparison to see how we think BYU football would do in those conferences this season. Here's an ACC schedule that we randomly picked. It was a Wake Forest schedule. They play Elon, Vanderbilt, Old Dominion, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Pitt, Florida State, Duke, NC State, Notre Dame, and Syracuse. Cleon, if BYU played this schedule, what do you think their uh yeah what do you think the result's gonna be
2: i think they would be around six and six right about there i won't go through every game i think it would be a favorable schedule to start out with maybe i'm wrong there and and then it kind of gets rough in the middle and near the end (laughs) but i think they come out with a a victory in the last game against syracuse to to be bowl eligible and go six and six
1: yeah i think they go seven and five with this acc schedule i i feel like acc isn't kind of the top dog to the Power Five. You know, I I think uh, their schedules just aren't quite as difficult as some of the other ones. I think BYU would do quite well in this one. On the other hand, let's head to the SEC, shall we? Uh, Where? Let's uh, let's take a look at South Carolina's schedule. They play North Carolina, Furman, Georgia, nah, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Florida, Missouri, Texas A&M, Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Clemson. This is actually, I feel like, one of the tamer schedules in the SEC. But Cleon, if you think BYU played the schedule, what would they go?
2: I think the best they would do. I, I, I kind of went optimistic. I think the best they would do is five wins. Mm. I they may even be at just at four wins, but I I kind of was thinking, ah, I think I could if I if I squinted hard enough, I think I could get five wins out of that
1: schedule. <laughs> Blurt out some of the names. Yeah. I yeah. I have BYU going 5 and 7. And I think okay. in a different SEC schedule, that would be even lower. But for this one in particular, I think they go 5 and 7. Let's head on uh let's head to the West, shall we? To the Pac-12, which BYU has owned in recent years, uh, let's take a look at Washington State's schedule. For example, they play Colorado State, Wisconsin, Northern Colorado, Oregon State, UCLA, Arizona, Oregon, Arizona State, Stanford, California, Colorado, and Washington. Cleon, what do you got?
2: You know, I put two two results down. I'm going to go if if I want to be op, overly optimistic, I'm going to say eight wins. Uh, I I think I see eight victories there. I mean, I think they win at Colorado State. I think they win over Northern Colorado. And I I think they get at least two wins against Stanford and California and maybe even Colorado. So there's five wins right there. You just have to pick three other wins uh, out of the other teams. So I I think they could get eight wins next year if they played Washington State schedule.
1: I originally said seven and five, but now looking at it a little bit closer, I really do think they could get 8 wins as well. If Utah was on there, it'd be 9. Uh <laughs> <just> Oh k- <laughs> wow. You got to throw wow. that in. There you do. You just do.
2: By the way, by the way, when we were coming up with this, uh, when we were kind of discussing or thinking about which pack 12 schedule, I thought, should I just put Utah in there just for fun? <laughs> Meaning, how would BYU do with Utah's schedule? And I thought, nah, let's just try and pick a team out that's kind of like BYU. And that's that was one of my things why I wanted to pick uh, Washington State out.
1: Yes, because we always have to pretend like we don't care about the Utah Utes. Let's head <laughs> on over to the Big Ten, the last and final Power Five conference schedule. We're going to do Uh, Nebraska, they play Minnesota, Colorado, Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech, Michigan, Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, and end with Iowa. Where do you have BOU in that schedule?
2: You know, again, I put kind of it was the, it was either this or this. I'm going to go on the lower end this time. I'm going to say five and seven. Mm. Um, I, I just think that there are some re- tough games in there. I mean, they're going to play Michigan. They're going to play e- even though if BYU played Michigan at home, which is that that's what it would be scheduled to be. I, I still think Michigan wins that game playing Iowa at home. That would be really tough, too. I mean, those are those are two defensive minded teams that I think. Well, maybe not as much Michigan, but Iowa is going to keep the score low. They're going mm-hmm. to ugly it up. I, I just I, I don't think they get more than five wins if if they play that Big Ten, Big Ten schedule like Nebraska would.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be tough. I have them getting one more win. I have them going six and six in that Big Ten schedule. And then with the addition of uh, UCLA and, um, thank you, USC, USC. Is that next year? Is that next year that they join?
2: 2024,
1: 2024. Yeah, yeah that, the Big is just going to get even harder. So we'll see how BYU does this year. Up next, once a Cougar, always a Cougar. We'll talk about which former coach or player we'd like to see return to the range. This is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McClain alongside Cleon Wall. We mentioned that Kelly Papinga and John Wardenberg have recently returned to coach at BYU after stints at other colleges. So let's discuss which former coach or player we want to return to coach for the Cougars one day. We'll choose three. Cleon, who do you have?
2: Uh, okay, so I'll go. My number one would be Ty Detmer. And you're thinking, wait a minute. <laughs> he already coached here at BYU. And I
1: don't think he'd want to come back.
2: Probably not. But here's... Here's what I say. I have nothing against Aaron Roderick, but I want Ty Detmer to come back just as a quarterback's coach. Um, but it would be, you know, it, that'd be really cool. I mean, having a, your only Heisman Trophy winner yeah. return to coach just your quarterbacks, uh, tutor them on how they can, you know, how to read defenses. Uh, and I, I I know that the way Ty played is way different than how the quarterbacks play today uh, and how Aaron Roderick runs that offense right now. But I still think there's some valuable assets there, or he's a valuable asset, I should say, as the quarterback coach. I'd just love to have him back just to help the quarterbacks become even better than who they are. And again, that's not a slam on Aaron, Aaron because he's had two guys that have been drafted mm-hmm. in the NFL yes. in the past few seasons. So I'm not slamming Aaron. He's, yeah, I, I think he's done fantastic. It would just, it'd be almost like an addition, just like, wouldn't you just love to have Ty Detmer in there, just helping your quarterbacks a little bit more? That, that, that'd that be the guy I'd want. That's that's my number Absolutely.
1: one. Absolutely. And actually, Taysom Hill stayed one more year because of Ty Detmer. Ty Detmer was offensive coordinator that year, and he wanted to work with the, Heisman Trophy winner and who wouldn't want to. So not only does Ty have so much knowledge and and, and depth to that with his time at college and in the NFL, but I think he'd bring in a lot of great recruits just with his name, but been there, done that. Sorry, Ty. He, I'm, I'm speaking for him. He's said that been there, done that.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, I understand. All right. What's your number one, Lauren?
1: My number one is, um, I just mentioned him. Taysom Hill. Uh, He's got the clout. He's good for recruiting. He's extremely smart. He has experience and success at the highest level, and he's still young. So he can still play another decade in the NFL and then come coach. He's also Cleon married to Emily Nixon, who is David Nixon's sister. So BYU is just flowing through their family's veins. I feel like he needs he needs to come back to BYU. They also um, built a home in Provo, so you never know. And he's Captain America. That's my final point of why <laughs> Taysom Hill should come back. Uh, I just think he would be phenomenal. I think he's so well-rounded. And I think it would be, again, very good for recruits.
2: Okay. All right. My number two is another big name, and it's going to be Jimmer for death. (laughs) Um, But but I don't want Jimmer back as a coach. I want him as the BYU basketball brand ambassador. I want him to go to other kids and say, guess what? If you have a particular skill, BYU is going to do the best with it and you can make the NBA just like me. You don't need to go to a bigger school. You don't need to go to Kansas. You don't need to go to any of these other Big 12 institutions. Just come to BYU and they can do the most for you. You You can take an unheralded team and make them great. And then he can show off the facilities and the coaches can do anything else that really matters. But wouldn't it be great just to have Jimmer as a brand ambassador saying, hey, look what I did. You can do it
1: too. You can make millions in China too. <laughs> no, I, I do. And Jimmer such a great guy. I, I think he would be fantastic if he decided to come back to, back to BYU one day. He might be headed there. We'll see. My number two is on the basketball realm as well, but women's basketball, Lexi eaton Rydalch. She is the second leading scorer in BYU history, and I'm not just talking women's basketball, that's men's basketball as well. She's very competitive. The girl knows how to win. She's extremely smart. She did fantastic things for BYU and the state of Utah. I think she would be a huge asset to women's basketball, and she lives here in Utah if she ever decided to come back and at least be an assistant coach. you know, I think just, just lend, lend her skills, even as an assistant coach, I think would be fantastic for the program.
2: I, she would be fantastic. and But would she really want to teach them how to score? <laughs> the reason why, she's the leading all-time leading scorer for BYU women's basketball. Do you really think she wants to help them do that? Yeah, she probably Yes, would. I anyway. think so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hootie got as number three.
2: Number three, Ashley Hatch. I want her to take over mm. as coach after Jen Rockwood retires. I think she could get the best out of players. She has gravitas about her since she was on the U.S. women's team. She has a kind heart, but I think she has a killer instinct. I think that the players would like that, and I think that they would you know, just you know, grab onto her and say, yes, please coach us.
1: Yeah, Ashley would be fantastic. And I know she's done a bunch of camps. I know she helped out at uh, UVU and was a great coach there. So you never know, one day she might might make the jump back to Provo. But like I said, I don't think Jen Rockwood will ever retire. Uh, my number <laughs> three is Mary Lake from the women's volleyball team. Do you remember her? Just a fantastic libero. So good. But my favorite thing about her, she has the best personality, and she's competitive. People are just drawn to her. They were, the fans were drawn to her when she was a player at BYU. She was, just dynamic and and so fun to watch. Very successful libero. So I think she would be a great coach if she came back one day.
2: All right. I do have a couple of honorable mentions. I said Trent Whiting as an honorable mention. Uh, This all stems from us talking to Amber Whiting at one time. I mean, this guy loves offense, so I just want him to come and coach offense for the BYU men's basketball team. He can leave the defensive drills to someone else. Just come and say, okay, (laughs) guys, this is how you score. And then the other honorable mention for me is Jabal Williams. I want him to be hired just to help out those athletes who are not <laughs> members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and who are not white, just help them along. And I want him to be the nerd specialist since he loves anime so much. And he's just a fun guy to be around. Wouldn't you want him on staff in some capacity oh, yeah. just to have him around the other football players? The
1: recruiter of double minorities. That's what uh, Brian Logan calls it. Cause that's what he is. They call him a double minority. You're not white and you're not a member of the church. And I think there's definitely merit in that. And Jamal Williams being the phenomenal personality that he is, I think would draw a lot of people in. I love that. My honorable mention is Jason Beck, and he probably shouldn't be an honorable mention because he's a fantastic football coach. He's proven himself as a great quarterbacks coach at BYU and Virginia under Bronco Mendenhall, and now is the offensive coordinator at Syracuse, and they had a great season last year. So Jason Beck, come back to your roots, man. Come back to BYU. We'll see if it happens. What do you think of that? No, I
2: think that's that, that's a good pick. It, it's kind of hard right now. You, I mean, it's like yeah. saying, hey, so I want Aaron Roderick to go away. I know, and, then and I we want don't. And Jason Beck yes, to come back. Yes. And it's just like, oh, I'm not
1: quite there yet. No, but I mean, if anyone ever decides to leave, there's options. You know, there's just nice to yeah. know that there are options. Okay, it's time for some BYU sports trivia to see how well we know the Cougars. No cheating, Cleon. One of our producers, Carter, will come on and ask the questions. We'll get three questions, each of varying difficulty, and see who is champion of the world. All right. Carter, what's up?
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: Good. Thank you so much for coming on with us. Carter is fantastic, and he's from North Carolina, so he has a lot of knowledge um, about some of these Big 12 teams we're going to be going up against. All right. Let's start the trivia, Carter. Hit me with it
0: all right uh let's do this first category the category is byu in the nfl draft i'll give you 15 seconds lauren ladies go first let's start the timer right after i read the question the question is this byu defensive end was drafted fifth overall in the 2013 nfl draft who was it
1: please challenge me ziggy onsaw i truly did not cheat by the way cleon did you
2: uh no i did not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> With I, any I of promise. these questions. okay,
0: That I, didn't sound I, I did very not. convincing.
1: <laughs> okay, I'll try and convince you. Yes, Ziggy Ansah.
0: These questions should be, I would say, in between easy to medium. They're not terribly hard. We can get into hard ones if you want. I have some ready for you. Let's do your question, <laughs> Cleon. Your question is, this BYU quarterback was drafted fifth overall in the 1982 NFL draft. Who was it?
2: You know, I'm glad that Carter gave me the old man question since I'm an old man. So I'm gonna say it's Jim McMahon. He was the guy who was quarterback. Uh, It it was drafted by the Chicago Bears and eventually led them to the Super Bowl in 1986.
1: Easy.
0: Easy. Yep. Very easy questions. Let's move on. This (laughs) category is jersey numbers. So I'm gonna give you two four BYU players. So and it's their BYU jersey numbers, not their professional numbers. What they wore at BYU. So okay. So I'll tell you to add up add up the jersey numbers. And, for example, let's say I said add up Jimmer Fredette and Kyle Van Noy. Your answer would be 35 because Jimmer had wore 32. Kyle Van Noy wore three. 32 plus three equals what, Cleon?
2: <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, what, what's <laughs> the square root of what? <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> I'll help
1: him out. All right, all right. Hit us with these.
0: Okay, perfect. Lauren, your question is Jaron Hall plus Max Hall.
1: <laughs> oh, crap. So I know Jaron Hall was three. Uh, it was Max Hall four. Oh my gosh. So seven.
0: Uh,
2: wait, 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 oh wait, wait. No! Before, oh, do, do, do I get to answer to try and steal no. a question? Yes, and get yes, to yes, mine? yes, absolutely. Okay. It is 18.
0: Bingo.
1: Oh, what was Max Hall's Max number?
2: Ha- Max Hall was 15.
1: Oh, bless my heart. I'm sorry, Max. I think you're a great <laughs> player and I really did watch you. But my brain, recency <laughs> bias. I knew Jaron Hall's. All right. Dang it.
0: Alright, Cleon, your question is Tyler Hawes plus TJ Hawes.
2: Okay. I need to ask a clarification. Is this Tyler Hawes when he first started at BYU or Tyler Haas when he ended his career at Ooh. BYU? Because he had two different numbers. I know that. Cleon, um let's go
0: map. with end of end of his career, his senior year.
2: Okay. Then it will be thirty three, I believe.
0: Yes, bingo. Wow.
2: Okay. It would be fifty three if it was because Tyler started off with the number twenty three, and then I think he came home from his mission and he switched from twenty three to three. He's so like, he's like, I gotta
1: humble myself and not have the same number as Michael Jordan. Let's change exactly. it after his mission. Yeah. We okay. Need give,
0: we need to give Cleon some of these harder ones. All right, let's move on. Uh, last category I have is BYU bowl games. Lauren, your question is: Who did the Cougars defeat in a blowout in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl in two thousand eighteen?
1: I believe that was Western Michigan. Ding, ding, ding. And here's why I remember that so vividly is because Zach Wilson, I think, was 18 for 18 in that game. I think he had – You are correct. I think he was perfect uh, on offense, and I just remember being blown away by that. And, of course, fan expectations went out the window for the next year. But, yep, Western Michigan, thank you very much. All right, Cleon,
0: this one's very (laughs) easy. Who do the Cougars defeat in a blowout in the 2020RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl?
2: you're gonna laugh you said this one's really easy and i'm like you could have picked like <laughs> something back in the 90s in the <laughs> 80s and maybe even the early 2000s i am having a brain cramp oh, no, I, I am too i i don't know i mean i i like it the only thing <gasps> i can come up with is the only thing i can come up with is memphis and i know it's not memphis i know that was another bowl game it is not Memphis. So, I'm, I'm. I know. I'm. I, I lose on this one. I
1: can't believe it. It wasn't Wyoming, was it? No.
0: It is not. It is a Florida school.
1: Oh. Oh, it was U.S. UCF. Duh. UCF. Future. It was, it was oh future Big goodness. Twelve opponent UCF. Cleon. Oh. Shame on us. I think we have failed the Cougar
2: tailgate fans out <laughs> there. They are out there just They're listening like, to us right now, saying, "You guys are losing." It's because we why have lives, we lives
1: okay, you? guys because we have lives <laughs> all right carter so who won we
0: tied it, i yeah it's a tie two to two do you guys want a quick tiebreaker question like price is right kind of okay. thing okay
1: yeah 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 let's sure. go
0: yeah. all right really quick what year did the marriott center open whoever gets it closest or on the dot wins 1940.
1: 1972
0: <laughs> what was 1972 cleon what was yours lauren
1: <laughs> i jokingly said 1940 i'm gonna go with 1973
0: Cleon wins. at 1971.
1: because so, he's, he's the only one that was alive in
2: 1972 out of <laughs> wait, the three wait, wait. of us. That's because the Marriott Center and
0: I are the same age. <laughs>
1: oh, mm. there you go. Wow. That's really special. All right, Carter, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, my friend.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: All right, guys, and that does it for us today. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcast on Apple TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on Radio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.